The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. Then Baron and Luthien went through the gate and down the labyrinthine stairs and together wrought the greatest deed that has been dared among elves or men. For they came to the seat of Morgoth in his nethermost hall that was upheld by horror. lit by fire and filled with weapons of death and torment. There Baron slunk in wolf's form beneath his throne, but Luthien was stripped of her disguise by the will of Morgoth, and he bent his gaze upon her. She was not daunted by his eyes, and she named her own name, and offering her service to sing before him after the manner of a minstrel. Then Morgoth, looking upon her beauty, conceived in his thought an evil lust, and a design more dark than any that had yet come into his heart since he fled from Valinor. Thus he was beguiled by his own malice, for he watched her leaving her free for a while and taking secret pleasure in his thought. Then, suddenly, she eluded his sight and out of the shadows began a song of such surpassing loveliness and of such blinding power that he listened perforce.
blindness came upon him, and his eyes roamed to and fro, seeking her. All his court were cast down in slumber, and all the fires faded and were quenched. But the Silmarils and the crown of Morgoth's head blazed forth suddenly with a radiance of white flame, and the burden of that crown and of the jewels bowed his head as though the world were set upon it. Laden with a weight of care and fear and of desire, that even the will of Morgoth could not support. There's a lot to unpack here in this beginning section of our episode today, and I, I couldn't help it. The text here is so good. I had to give you a just a bare reading. Well, it's not a bare reading. It's a it's a it's an atmospheric presentation. We'll just call it that. So we have this moment here, the, the moment, like the climactic moment in this story where Baron and Luthien finally are at the feet of Morgoth. And when I say the feet of Morgoth, chances are that's what they saw in front of them, at least at eye level. It is suggested here in the next passage that Morgoth is gigantic in front of them. And we'll get to that passage, but let's dissect some of this other stuff first. So we have this moment where they enter in what, by any other description, is hell. Fire, weapons of death and torment. In fact, the room, the nethermost hall, the deepest section of this dungeon of a fortress, is upheld by horror. I don't know what that means. But I have a emotional response to that. Hell. We are in hell. This is like any of the great stories of heroes descending into Hades. And in this moment, Baron can't move. He slunks over. Is slunks a word? He, sl- he slinks. Slinks? He slinks over in his wolf form beneath the throne. Only Luthien here, because of her elven ancestry and the fact that she is part Maiar, potentially, is able to stand in front of Morgoth in the midst of all of this evil and terribleness. And she, it is said, she's not daunted by his eyes. She actually names herself. Remember when we got to the section about Sauron? And Sauron wanted to find out who she was, wanted her name. She names herself proudly. I am Luthien, daughter of Melian and Thingol. And this is also the section where we get a, probably the closest thing that Tolkien, that I'm aware of, 
writes, with any sort of sexual context, and again, that's debatable here, the words are, he looked upon her beauty conceived in his thought in evil lust and a design more dark than any that had yet come into his heart since he fled from Valinor. We don't know exactly what that design is. We don't know exactly what that evil lust is, but Tolkien chooses his words very specifically. And he here did not use the word desire plan. He used lust and lust fundamentally is a sexual kind of word. So we have here the moment that we uh, find out that Morgoth is not only just a terrible bad dude at this point, he's, he wants to dominate the earth and destroy everything that was good and all of that, right? But on top of that, he's like the creepiest bad guy we've come across. Like maybe we should make t-shirts that say something like, Morgoth was a super creep. I have to wonder if anybody would actually buy those. Um, so in this moment, we have, again, she she goes to her, her basically her only offensive weapon that she has shown at all, and that is her voice. And Morgoth lets her walk around freely because he's enjoying his dark thoughts as he looks at her. Again, very disturbing stuff. And then she disappears into a shadow. Now, interesting here that she uses Morgoth's own darkness against him in this moment. There are shadows in here. We are told that it is lit by fire and she disappears into a shadow. This is the opposite of shining a bright light at Morgoth and using that as some sort of weapon. And we're going to see more of that. That's something that's very Tolkien-esque. But in this moment, she disappears. He's enjoying seeing her. She takes that away. And the only thing that comes out of that shadow is her voice. And by the power of her voice, she weaves this magical will. And remember, we talked about magic and how it's really just the, the focusing of a will in many cases in Tolkien's works. And the first thing that hits him is that he's turned blind again ironic he's enjoying watching her she takes that away and the fact that she was powerful enough to do something like this to morgoth both lets us understand the true force of her ability here the true power in her nature but it also shows how far morgoth has fallen that a mortal might render him blind and then he can't find her and then he starts to feel tired and we've seen her do this before. He starts to feel tired, but we're also seeing something else here as well. The compounding of her voice, almost like it's amplified through the Silmarils, a voice that is pure and good. And the Silmarils themselves are responding. And we're told that they blaze forth with radiant white flame. Now we're finally getting that light. And they also have this kind of psychological effect on Morgoth. They present to him the feeling of a weight on his head. And we're told of care and of fear and of desire. He is afraid. That's what this is. He's thinking about all the things that he has to lose 
and he could not support that weight. Now, the very next thing here we're told, and this is another one of those wonderful moments that we get in mythology where something happens and we didn't have any foreshadowing to it before. We did have a little bit of foreshadowing to this. Remember when she put on the bat costume and she was able to fly? We get something very similar, although she no longer has the bat costume. It has been removed. Remember? It says, then Luthien catching up her winged robe, her robe itself has wings or is wing-like, sprang into the air and her voice came dropping down like rain into pools, profound and dark. She cast her cloak before his eyes and set upon him a dream, dark as the outer void where once he walked alone. Now, in this moment, I don't think she is projecting this dark dream into his mind so much as she's letting his mind go naturally where it would. She hasn't seen the outer void. She had, she doesn't know the, the full extent of his darkness, but he does. And that weighs on him. And then suddenly he falls here. And this is the moment that I was talking about where we get a sense of just how big he is. Suddenly he fell as a hill sliding in avalanche. He's compared here to a physical object, the earth, a mound of earth, the size of a hill. So not a mountain, but at least a hill sliding down to the ground and hurled like thunder from his throne. So the impact of his body hitting the ground sounded like thunder. This sounds like he is a big, big dude. <laughs> we just say dude in this situation. He is like a gigantic, like the form that he has chosen here is of course supposed to be ominous and threatening. He rarely presents himself directly in front of anybody other than his servants. And in this moment, he's trying to be as threatening as he can. So he's showing himself in this massive form. And then we're told that the iron crown rolled echoing from his head and all things were still. This is the turn in the narrative. This is the moment where things all of a sudden become possible for the heroes. But remember, Baron is still laying on the ground. He's still kind of passed out in his wolf form. This is all too much for him. A mortal should never have to witness the events of the Valar, of the gods. They can't stand it. We're told even in the appendices to the Lord of the Rings that the ring bearers, Bilbo and Frodo are taken to Valinor in order to be healed and to be given a, a good rest of their days, I guess you could say. But even in that place, they actually will expire faster because they're not meant to be in a place of such power and beauty. I feel like similarly here, we're getting something with Baron where Luthien can stand up against it. She's Elf and Maiar, blood. But Baron's a mortal man. This is too much. And everybody knows this. Thingol knew this. A mortal man could not come into Morgoth's presence and actually withstand the power and the darkness that was there. So Luthien reaches down and she touches him and wakes him back up. There's something about her presence here that brings him out of this stupor. And he casts aside the wolf 
hame is what it's called in the text is, is wolf skin. And he quickly notices what's going on here, the opportunity at hand. So he takes out the knife, the one that he took, remember this, the one that he took from Kruffin. Kruffin's knife is named Angrist. And Tolkien's words are always intentional. Angrist has a similar prefix to Angband. Ang means iron. The name of this knife is Iron Cutter. Let that sink in for a moment. What we're seeing here is that Baron took the very knife whose doom, in Tolkien's words, was to cut through iron. The iron crown just fell from Morgoth's head. So he takes the knife and he uses it to cut the iron claws that hold one of the Silmarils. He picks it up, holds it in his hand. And remember, the Silmarils were dangerous. Even Morgoth, uh, evil things, can't hold on to them because of the purity of the lights of the trees of Valinor that issue forth from the gems. But Baron is not an evil man. The Silmaril does him no harm. And in fact, its light is so radiant and bright that we're told that it shines through his hand and out and illuminates the room around him. Kind of like, you know, when you take a flashlight and you hold it up to your finger and you kind of see the, the, uh, the red color of your flesh come through the flashlight light through your finger. It's kind of like that, except I'll turn that up to 11. And so Baron gets it in his head. He's like, well, if I can get this one, then maybe I can get the other two. Maybe I still have time. And he takes the knife and he starts working at the next one. But we're told that that is not the doom of those other two Silmarils. And the knife snaps as if reality is telling him, I'm sorry, this is not how the story goes. And a piece of the blade flings through the air and cuts Morgoth on the cheek. And at this moment, Morgoth stirs, he groans. And we're told all of the host of Angband moved in sleep. He's coming to awareness. And with that, the rest of Angband. Remember, all was silent when he fell down. It's as if his own awareness, his own consciousness, kept everything else moving in this fortress. And now that he was no longer asleep, everything else was waking up as well. So with that one Silmaril that Baron was able to cut out of the crown, he and Luthien start running for the hills. Literally. They don't have time to put on a disguise, and they know that their time is limited, or they will never escape. So let me tell you a little story. You know that we get sponsors on these podcasts and Yuffie, who does these smart locks with video cameras in them, reached out and they sent me a smart door lock with a 2K camera, a doorbell and a finger reader, all the bells and whistles. And I was like, okay, cool. They sent it to me. I already have one on my back door. When I opened this up and installed it, I was like, why didn't I go with Yuffie to begin with? Because this 
is a step above the one that I've been using. The finger reader just works. The 2K camera is so clear. I can see when somebody's at the front door, if it's Amazon or if it's somebody trying to sell me something. It even has night vision and works in the dark. It makes me feel so much safer. Plus, my son can just put his finger on the door and just come right in when he gets home from school. He doesn't have to worry about losing keys and you don't even have to change the batteries in these because it's got like a 10,000 milliwatt hour battery that lasts for like four months. Go check these out today. Search for Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Again, search Eufy Video Lock. I think you'll love it. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. It's time to give shout outs to our patrons. Once again, thank you to everybody who supports the show, all 94 of you. And welcome aboard to our newest patrons, Carter Q, AJH, Ben M, Dean C, Hannah D, and Andrew B. Thank you to all of you for your support and for joining me. I hope you're enjoying ad-free episodes or the bonus episodes, depending on which tier you signed up on. If this is something that you want to support, and if I've done anything to help you get through your drives or through your work day, and if I'm making the rings of power more enjoyable, then just a little bit of your money, just like the cost of like a cup of coffee would be amazing and help support my work and make sure that I can keep, can keep doing this, which is amazing that you guys allow me to do this for a living. So thank you very, very much. Head over to patreon.com slash L O T R lorecast. Check out all, all the different tiers. And, um, we've got two other, or actually, uh, no more than two. We got five. I forgot the number five other VIP patrons to shout out because they get shout outs every week. Brad C Brandy D Chris D esoteric rage and Larry. Thank you for signing up as a VIP patron and getting your shout outs and giving me that extra little bit to keep me going. I really appreciate that. We also have a number of new reviews that came in and thank you so much to everybody who took the time to do this. 
And I'm going to try to get through these as fast as I can in order to get back to the actual story, because I know that's why you guys are here. So this one comes from dwarfs is more, more than elves, more than symbol elves uh, in the United States, who writes amazing podcast, five stars. Gandalf would definitely let robots pass. Robots does such an amazing job explaining the Silmarillion, his passion and love for this lore transfers to the listener, which makes the experience so much better. I see robots as a Valar of the podcast. That is amazing. Thank you so much. I do not have Apple Music, Spotify listener here, but I felt it was a must to get on here and write a review. Dude, thank you so much. Dude, lady dude, whatever. Thank you so much. I don't usually say, I guess I said dude earlier in this episode. Maybe I say dude. Maybe I'm the kind of person who says dude. The things you realize about yourself when you do podcasts. So thank you for taking the time to do that. Dwarfs are greater than elves uh tatum h that's how words are said in australia writes awestruck five stars originally i had started listening to this podcast as a refresher in anticipation for the lord of the rings the rings of power series on amazon whilst i was previously read uh, i had previously read the silmarillion i didn't want to read the book again and honestly i found it a challenge to read the style of writing whilst still being interested in the actual content of the book itself and voila this podcast appeared It started off as just a single episode. I had intended for it to be casual, perhaps something to listen to before work in the morning. Eh, It's just a casual relationship. But before I knew it, I was listening to the episode on my daily commute whilst grocery shopping, whilst walking. Any chance I could have my headphones, I had just had to be listening to the podcast. I knew it was bad when I realized I had been listening to the old episodes whilst going to sleep in hopes of catching a new piece of lore or history that I'd missed the first time I listened to it. I couldn't get enough, and I didn't want to stop. The podcast is soothing yet so informative. You can really tell Robots does his research and is passionate about what he's talking about. Words are hard. I get so excited for these episodes. I've been geeking out. Ever since the first episode I listened to. Thank you, Robots, for reigniting my excitement for the series. Tatum, thank you so much for that very, very interesting and long uh, uh, review. That's the word. Man, words are hard, guys. Uh, So we've got a few more here. Actually, we've got a bunch. What I'm going to do is record the rest of these and put them at the end of the episode so we can get back to the story. But if you want to listen through them, then stay for after the rest of the episode and you'll hear the rest of these because I got to give everybody their shout outs, but I don't want to take too much time. So that said, thank you all for your support. You are amazing. Let's get back to the rest of the episode. So we have Baron and Luthien running out of the throne room, working their way back out of this fortress. And we're told that they were not hindered or pursued. It's like this cloud of sleep was still over everybody and they were slow to wake up. But then they get to the gate. And it turns out that the gate was held against their going out. Because remember... Karkaroth, the evil dog, the most terrible dog, the worstest of boys. I guess that's what we should call him. Karkaroth had woken and now stood in their way. And it seems that he was expecting them because before they could even notice that he was there, he sprang upon them as they ran. We're also told here that Luthien 
was spent. She had used all of her energy in order to do what she did to Morgoth. And she didn't have time or strength to take on Karkaroth again. But in this moment, Baron stands forth with the Somaril glowing through his hand and holds it up high in front of Karkaroth. Karkaroth stops right there in his tracks and is afraid. Baron yells, get you gone and fly. For here is a fire that shall consume you and all evil things. And he thrusts the Silmaril before the eyes of the wolf. But Karkaroth was a terrible creature. And he looked on, and let's just say, let's just use the words here. He looked upon that holy jewel and was not daunted. And the devouring spirit within him awoke to sudden fire. And gaping, he took suddenly the hand within his jaws and he bit it off at the wrist and this was not a good idea you could probably see this first of all it's a bad thing for baron he got his hand bitten off here but worse for karkaroff because this gem is not designed to be in the bowels of a dark and terrible and evil creature that has been corrupted by morgoth it starts burning him from the inside and drives him insane. Karkaroth heads directly out the gate, off into the countryside, in agony and in anger, and starts devouring and destroying and murdering anything in his path. And we are told here that of all the terrors that came ever into Beleriand ere Angband's fall, the madness of Karkaroth was the most dreadful. For the power of the Silmaril was hidden within him. It's like it was burning him and fueling him all at the same time. And poor Baron, with his hand bleeding. And not just that, but he just lost the Silmaril. He had it in his hand. Falls to the ground. Luthien comes to his side. And we're told that Karkaroth's bite was not only dangerous because it cleaved his hand off of his arm. The blood loss from that by itself is very dangerous and life-threatening. But his fangs were venomous. And Luthien has to draw the venom from his wound with her lips. And then she uses the last bit of her, her power, her failing power, to staunch the hideous wound. That's the quote. And then at that moment, behind her, in the depths of Angband, she can hear it. The hosts of Morgoth have been awakened and are coming for them. And in order to wrap up this episode, I'm going to read directly from the Silmarillion one more time. And remember, I talked about how things in the Silmarillion tend to echo into the Second and Third Age. So tell me where you've heard this before. It says, Thus the quest of the Silmaril was like to have ended in ruin and despair. But in that hour, 
above the wall of the valley, three mighty birds appeared, flying northward with the wings swifter than the wind. Oh, wait, nope, nope, none of that. Gotta do more reviews before we actually close out the episode. Thank you all for listening. Here's the rest of the reviews. I'll see you next week. Mr. Andrew JB, thank you for taking the time to leave this one. Uh, You're from Great Britain and you wrote, Great podcast. Really took my mind into Tolkien's mind, if that's even possible. Being dyslexic, never got chance to read the books. Started the journey with Lord of the Rings and Hobbit films. Since Rings of Power came out, I wanted to find out more about it all and found this podcast. Well, thank you, Big Andrew B. I appreciate that. We also have one from Jacob VW72 in the US who writes, wonderfully entertaining. I started listening to this after starting the new Lord of the Rings TV show and fell in love with Lord of the Rings and the lore again. You have made the lore so interesting and your storytelling is so fantastic that I love every part. I have learned so much that I didn't know and I can't wait for your other episodes to learn more. I hope you make many more of these. So keep up the good work. Awesome. Jacob, thank you so much for that one. Then we have one from Nick a I guess that's 2010 who <laughs> from the United States who writes Tolkien would be proud. Absolutely phenomenal. Find myself checking daily for new uploads in hopes of an extra episode. If you have trouble understanding the history of middle earth and its inhabitants, this is the podcast for you. Also, the bonus content is well worth the subscription. I'd give 10 stars if I could. Thank you very much, Nikki. Um, let's, man, we've still got some more. Let's do this one. DMG73185 in the US writes, Dose of Lorecast to keep your blues at bay. As someone who has suffered from mental health issues, I often turn to Tolkien lore to bring my life some balance. Escaping to a world where honor, friendship, and fellowship truly mean something keeps my heart happy. Thank you, robots, for your kind words to us listeners each week. DMG, thank you so very much and totally, totally understand where you're coming from. Absolutely. Then we have Jack Fells from the U.S. who writes, A plethora of knowledge. Thanks so much for your dedication and detail in which you not only dive into the lore, but provide really, or sorry, really real world context and comparison. I just found this podcast and safe to say, I will be binge listening in my free time. Then we have... Two more left. Mark McCall Jr. in the U.S. Thank you so much. This one is 11 out of 10. Would recommend. Tolkien himself would be proud of you for helping everyone understand, or everyone everywhere, understand this incredibly complex and detailed world that he created. I was recommended your show while visiting a library in Colorado and while and have been hooked ever since. The Silmarillion has always been a book I've wanted to read, but given how dense the material is, it's a daunting task. With your help, I was able to go through it with next to no trouble at all unlike past attempts i always want to give a special thanks not to the podcast but to tom himself my father raised me on lord of the rings and that is one of the very few things we connected on a few years ago he experienced a severe stroke i'm so sorry and his brain continues to be surrounded in its own girdle of melian since then it's been tough to reconnect with him on things we once had in common it makes me sad that we may very well never connect on Lord of the Rings again. But hearing you talk about it reminds me very much of how my dad would explain Lord of the Rings things to me when I was younger and didn't understand. It's been very cathartic to listen to you, and I just want to say thank you for stepping into a role that you never knew you were stepping into and giving me some semblance of that connection I once had. Thank you for everything you do and for being the amazing human that you are. That touches me so, so deeply. I have a very similar 
situation with my dad where we connect on this. And as as he continues to get older, I, I have to worry a little bit that we won't be able to talk about these kinds of things again in the future. So I need to take those opportunities while I have them. So thank you for reminding me to do that. Also, I've been doing the same thing with my son as we watch the Rings of Power and the Lord of the Rings films, filling him in on the details and asking him tough questions about what these things mean and the significance of good and evil and all of that. So thank you for that reminder, Mark. Then we have one more Harvey B2 in Canada who writes fantastic podcast. I started listening to this during a long road trip for work and what was normally an eight hour drive turned into just a blip and I was disappointed the trip was over for I was consumed with the amazingly well articulate and captivating description of the lore from Middle Earth. If you are like me and have struggled with the details from the writing, this is the ticket and you won't be disappointed. It's given me more depth, understanding and appreciation for the Lord of the Rings. Well done. And thank you, robots. Thank you for taking the time to leave that. And all of you, thank you for your support. This is more than I ever would have expected. You guys are amazing. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. I'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, and more at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at robots underscore radio or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes or just search Robots Radio Discord or find the link on robotsradio.net. I'll see you next time. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play.